Hello folks, Gary Washburn here for your 14th edition of the Washburn Files podcast. Coming to you from the West Coast, the Celtics are in the middle of one game left of an important three-game road trip as they attempt, attempt to escape and get out of that seventh spot in the play-in spot and try to finish as high as they possibly can, which is likely the fourth seed. Uh, if they if they're uh, fortunate, if the Atlanta Hawks are, are going to give them some real competition, and so is Miami and Charlotte. But the Celtics are trending up right now, coming off an important win at Denver, and then backing that up with a one point win at Portland, places that they have not usually played well over the years. So two important road wins on this three game trip, with one game left. That's against the Los Angeles Lakers. And uh, without LeBron and without Anthony Davis, but still a dangerous game because the Lakers still have a lot of talent up and down. So uh, even though it's probably the quote-unquote easiest game of the three-game road trip because it's no LeBron and no AD, uh, the Celtics are going to have to play very, very, very well to beat uh, the Los Angeles Lakers on Thursday. But let's talk about the last couple of days, the last week or so. The Celtics have won four games in a row, and they have played particularly well on defense. Uh, Jason Tatum has stepped up his game. Marcus Smart has gone back to doing Marcus Smart things. And if you're a Celtics fan, uh, these are better times than it has been over the last couple of months. Um, the Denver game was interesting. Uh Sunday against the Nuggets, the Nuggets had won eight in a row, seven in a row since they acquired Aaron Gordon. They just jumped out on the Celtics early. I think it was 16-7, to seven, uh, led by as many as 10, 12 in the first half. The Celtics made a quick late run to cut it to six by halftime. And, of course, they had another set of third-quarter blues where they uh, just the first half, first eight minutes of the third quarter, they just didn't look engaged. Denver took a 14-point lead, 79-65, and suddenly things changed. And some people could point to this, this stretch here as the point that changed the Celtics season. They're down 14 at Denver, a place they have had some real tough times. They haven't won there much over the last several years. And it looks like, okay, they're pretty much done. But Kimball Walker, to me, was the MVP of that game. Kimball Walker is played with some more pep in his step. And you can just tell when Kimba feels better physically. He's jumping around. He's leaping on some of his dribbles. He's pushing the ball up the floor. And even though the shot isn't going down, the shots, he's getting better slowly, but he's still not as efficient as I'm sure the Celtics would like. He is just playing with an energy that is infectious. And late in that quarter, he had just a couple of key plays, a steal. Because, let's be honest, he was really losing his matchup to Fasundo Campazzo. Fasundo Campazzo is a guy that, if you're an international basketball fan, you know him. He plays. He has played for Team Argentina for years. He's playing for, with like Luis Scola 
and uh, Manu Ginobili and those guys. He was kind of the young pup on that team where those guys were like KG and Pierce. He was like a Rondo, the young up-and-coming point guard. I saw him in the 2016 Olympics, and I knew then he could play in the NBA. He was giving Kyrie and other international guards fits because he's a spark plug, he's nifty, he's crafty, he can shoot, you know, he's fearless. And so he signed with Real Madrid in 2016. I remember talking to him after one of the Argentina games, and he said, yeah, he'd love to play in the NBA, but that money was out there for Real Madrid. He signed with them for a couple years. So this is his first season in the league with the Nuggets. And he has, he's just a, a spark plug. And he just, he got the best of Kimba, a couple of three-pointers, uh, left open on the pick and roll, beating Kimba on a couple of backdoor plays, uh, stealing a ball, a couple steals. Like, he was outplaying Kimba for the first two and three-fourths of the game and or, or the, of the quarter, you know, like late third quarter. And until Kimba just got that steal and hit a three- then the last play of one of the last plays of the, of the third quarter where he stole the ball and went up and got fouled and it was an and one to end the quarter. And suddenly it was like the Celtics were, were, then, were, were within five, 79-74. They end the quarter on a 9 nothing run. And Kimba leads that. Then the fourth quarter... I mean, my good. They just shut down Denver offense on 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 defense. I think the defense stepped up. Jason Tatum then got into the game, hitting a couple of threes, attacking the basket. Jalen Brown with a resounding dunk. I mean, they just beat up on this Nuggets, put them into submission, and it was interesting because Nikola Jokic like scored three points in the first half. He didn't. He was getting all of his teammates involved. And it was fine because the Nuggets were up six. In the third quarter, he scored 14 points. But then in the fourth quarter with Grant Williams on him, he just had trouble getting to his spots. He thought he got fouled a couple of times because Grant played physical defense. And he just he basically just imploded on the floor. Like he he literally stopped on one play. He tried to foul Grant Williams going by. He missed, and he just stopped and argued with officials as the Celtics ran the break and ended up scoring a hoop by Grant Williams. And I think that's when Mike Malone, the Denver coach, said, okay, I got to get him out the game. His head's not in the game anymore. He is totally distracted by officiating. And the Celtics won that game 105 to 87. If you do your math right, 79 to 65, 105 to 87, they outscored the Nuggets 40 to 8 to end the game. That's something this team has not done this year. And I'm not talking about the – that's a run that you're not going to see once a year, twice a year, but just dominating a good opponent. I'd always wondered, okay, they, you know, they've won some good close games. You know, they beat Milwaukee at Milwaukee. But yet, then Giannis didn't play in the fourth quarter. Budenhoser gave Giannis uh, the fourth quarter off, kind of like, okay, guys, here, you know, you can have this game. I'm not – I'm just going to rest my guy. Uh, but it was still a quality win. You know, they came back and beat the Knicks in a tough game. Both games against the Clippers, close games. They've, they've beaten quality teams. It's just been close. But I'm like, when is this team going to take on a quality opponent and beat the hell out of them? 
And in the last 16 minutes of the game, the Celtics beat the hell out of the, at the Nuggets. 40 to 8. Okay, and I think that's in the matches. That makes when you win a game in that style, that fashion, that makes you feel better about what you're doing as a team. Because you didn't have to get lucky. Somebody didn't have to get injured. Uh, you went and just beat down a team that had been playing very well. Seven games with Aaron Gordon in a row, eight overall. And they defended. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. was getting anything he wanted in the first half. They shut him down. The same with Aaron Gordon. Campazzo didn't have the effect. Will Barton didn't do much. You know, and we talked about Jokic just being frustrated and kind of giving up. So I thought that was the one of the most important win of the season because it gives them momentum going to the next game. But on this three-game trip, I said earlier in the pocket, you want to go two and one. Okay. Where Denver was the toughest game. Denver's the best team of the three you're playing. So now that you win the first game, you got to get greedy. I learned, um, you know, my various sports over the years covering. I learned this from Art Howe, the great A's manager. He was in Moneyball in the movie. You know, you win the first game of the series, you got to think sweep. You got to get greedy. You got to get greedy. Okay, you can't say, well, if we win the first one, well, we can lose the second one, and then we'll we'll try to get the Lakers game, and then we'll be two and one. No, 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 no. You got to get greedy. The Portland game was a Celtics opportunity to get greedy. And honestly, they played a very strong game besides obviously getting hit in the mouth in the early going. Portland hit seven threes in the first quarter. Uh, they were just on. And Portland is such a different, a difficult team to play because they have so many damn shooters. And I just looked at that lineup, right? You look at, um, okay, they got Dane time. We all know Dane, pretty all-star Damian Lillard. And C.J. McCollum, who is like on the verge of an all-star. I mean, he's like, he's in that Tobias Harris, like, why isn't this dude an all-star? He should be. Right, be uh, McCollum's a top thirty player, and then they acquired Norman Powell, and the Celtics know him well because he didn't burn them many old times playing with the Raptors, and then they got Carmelo, who looked like old school Carmelo, the 2012-13 Carmelo, the Carmelo that yes, I voted for MVP that year. He was tremendous, and so you get, and then. They follow that up with Yusuf Nurkic, who has always given the Celtics problems with his size, his defense, his pick-and-roll skills, uh, his ability. I mean, he was just pushing around Robert Williams out there. And so I just felt like if you're the Celtics, you gotta. this is a game you win with defense. you got to weather the storm. In the first quarter, Portland scored 38 points. Okay, it hit seven threes. That's not good defense. Damian hit two, McCollum hit two, Powell hit two, and Carmelo hit like their four shooters combined for seven three pointers. Okay, so remember that those four guys combined in the first quarter for seven three pointers. Now let's look at the final box. Carmelo had three five. 
12, 16. Okay, so they hit seven in the first quarter, but nine combined the rest of the game. You'll take that, okay? It's not what you want. You don't want a visiting team, a opposing team hitting 17 threes. Portland hit 17 threes. But when you hit seven in the first quarter and then only 10 the rest of the game, when you're averaging, when you're going on a, a rate of 28 three-pointers allowed and you only allow 17, that's solid defense. Robert Covington's another shooter. He was only one for four. McCollum from the three was four for 11, although he hit a couple of key ones. And Dame, Dame just... Dame didn't seem himself. He was not that, like, dude. He was two for four in the first quarter, and he finished five for 13. So he was three for nine over the last three quarters. Dame got warmed up in the last six minutes. Like, Dame is a dude that you don't want your team, you want to have a sizable lead against the Blazers because Dame time comes, and he can hit three, four, five in a row. He's just that good. And he didn't seem engaged. And I will say this. Marcus Smart's defense on him, I will applaud Marcus Smart for playing great defense on Dame because the way it is with Dame is, and I think Marcus Smart took this approach, some, some of that stuff you got to let him have. It. Okay, if he pulls up from 36 feet, you got to contest, but don't foul. You don't want Dame getting to the line two, three times fouled on three-pointers because you're so anxious that you jump, you pump fakes, he gets the contact, and he gets free throws. Okay, let's look at the box score. Celtics win 116-115. Tatum hits a winning, if you have, obviously you guys know the game, Tatum hits a winning three-pointer with 7.8 left. But let's look inside the numbers here. Lillard got to the line six times. That was it. Okay? I think he got fouled on one three-pointer. That's it. McCollum didn't get to the line. Neither did Powell. Covington got two free throws, and Carmelo got two. So you kept Portland off the line, and you limited their three-point makes. So they scored 38 points in the first quarter, and then 77 the rest of the game. Okay? So that's good defense. The Celtics played Won that game. We can talk about, yeah, 116-115. It's a lot of points. But the Celtics won this game with defense. Okay? Let's look at the second half numbers. Portland, 8 for 22 from the three-point line. And Portland went to the line three times. Okay? Yeah, if they hit four or five more threes, they win the game. But they didn't. The Celtics outscored 59-55 in the second half. Okay? The Celtics got 54% in the second half. And 41% from three, solid. Got to the line 10 times in the second half. Portland got to the line three times. Okay. One of the free throws was an and one by Ennis Cantor. And then two free throws on a foul on a jumper by Lillard. Lillard was six for 16 in the second half. That's good defense. Okay. The Celtics won this game with good defense and not fouling. Remember, the Celtics have problems fouling. Put the opponents on the line. Getting into the bonus in uh, in the first four, three, four minutes of a quarter, and then spending the entire rest of the quarter trying to fat defend without fouling and, and just putting on the line. Portland had three free throws in the second half. That's how you win games. 
Okay. They allowed 55 points. Portland shot 47%. But they got to the free throw line three times. The Celtics made them work for their points. Don't give them easy points. Meanwhile, on the offensive side, Jason Tatum is a different player, I think, over the last couple of games. Obviously, we can talk about the 53-point game against Minnesota in overtime. Masterful performance, one of his best performances as a Celtic. I mean, you could point out the 40-point performance against the Clippers where he shook Paul George and had him on his, you know, falling down and hit the three. Like, there's some games Tatum I thought has been is good. But that Minnesota game, he took to put the team on his back. One of his better games. You know, career-high points, obviously. But I want to point out the... Difference in Tatum. Okay, Tatum against the Blazers. Ten for se- so he took 17 shots. Not a lot of shots because Jalen Brown took 21. He was four for seven for three. So he 10 of his shots were twos. And Jason has will take the step back, a little fade away from 18, but he was attacking the rim. He got to the free throw line 10 times. 10 times. Okay. Ten times. Let's look at Jason Tatum in eight. Okay. Seven games, 29.4 points, 8.6 rebounds, 3.4 assists. Okay. 91% from the line, 41% from three, 51% from the field. That's a hell of a month so far. In comparison, he's averaging, comparison to March, he's averaging four more points, two more rebounds. He's getting to the line three more times this month. 6.6 free throws per game. Jason in December averaged three free throws. January averaged four. February, he averaged six. March, he averaged 3.7 and almost going to the free throw line seven times. That's what you want out of your star player. Easy points, okay? Easy points. And he missed two free throws in the first half, or he'd have had more points, okay, after attacking the basket. That's what you want. You want your star player to get you easy points. The game is so hard. These defenses are so tough that you've got to have players like a James Harden, for example, get you easy points. And so, to me, Tatum has just been... A different player, the all-star, you know, not the guy settling for step back threes or trying to prove he can hit the 28-footer with a hand in his face, which he can. And he hit a, a, a key three to win the game against the Blazers, but he's so much more effective when he's attacking the basket. And then his rebounds are up, nine boards, five assists, okay, only three turnovers. That's fine, 38-minute three turnovers. A steal and a block shot. Okay? That's a complete ball game. That's a good ball game. Okay? Marcus Smart. Let's look at Marcus. 13.7 assists, four rebounds, two steals, a block shot, four for nine shooting, three for five from three. Like, he didn't go nuts on trying to take threes. He played within his game. He finished a plus four which is was the high for a Celtic starter. 
Okay. Because his Welsh hand played, he was a minus one. So sometimes that shows you the, the meaninglessness of uh, plus minus. When, you know, a guy scores 32 points, the winning basket, he's a minus one. But just overall, a complete solid game. Because Portland's a good club. Okay, Portland's trying to get escape. You know, they're the sixth seed. They're trying to get everybody together. They're just getting healthy. Um, but they've got a lot of shooters, man. I mean, you you guys watch that game. Norman Powell can drop 20 on you. You know, I don't have to say anything about Damian Lillard. McCollum is such a sneaky good player. I mean, he's just such a guy you just ever want to leave alone. And then Carmelo... Carmelo, 25 points in 28 minutes. I mean, Melo was kept him in the game at many points. When, when the Celtics were trying to build a, a double-digit lead, they couldn't. Melo put the team on his back. You know, they tried Grant Williams on him. That didn't work. He was hitting threes. So that was vintage Melo. And the Celtics were able to win that game. And if I'm the Celtics, you feel very good about Winning on the road. You've got to be a road team. The Celtics have not been a good road team this year. Okay? That's been one of their issues. The Celtics have not been a good road team. They're, they've improved to 12 and 16 on the road now. Okay? Home, they're decent, 17 and 10. You'd like to see a better home record. But the road, 12 and 16, you'd like to see... You can't have a losing, you don't want a losing road record. But remember, you know, the games they gave away, the games against Atlanta, you know, losing, you know, losing losing at, at Brooklyn, losing twice at Philadelphia, losing at Cleveland, losing at Detroit, losing at Washington, you know, like that cost them. Losing at New Orleans, losing at Sacramento, um, Losing to Dallas, you know, losing to San Antonio, that has cost them. Losing to Utah, losing to Phoenix, like that. All that early season stuff has really cost them. So if you look at the standings, the Celtics are fifth, but shoot, they're a half a game ahead of Miami in sixth. They're a game ahead of Charlotte for the seventh spot. They don't want seventh. They don't want the playing tournament. And I'll quickly explain the playing tournament. Uh, it's not what you would think it would be. The format is not 7-10 and 8-9 and then, you know, a three-game series with each and whoever wins. No, 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 no. It's, it's a particular game where 7 plays 8 and, and 9 plays 10. The winner of the 7 and 8 are automatically the 7th seed. And then the loser plays the winner of the 9-10, and if they lose, they're out, and the 9-10 winner would be in. So that offers zero incentive for this. It screws the seventh seed badly. You earn the seventh seed, and you have to win to keep it. Okay? You spend seven, and I, I got to agree with Luca in, in, in this. Luca Doncic said, you know, what's the use of playing 72 games to earn the seventh seed, and then you could lose it in a game. You got to win one more 
to, to, to just to say a seven. You're not moving up. The eight, the eight can move to seven, can you can play, you could be six games back of the seventh seed, okay, hypothetically, but then beat the seventh seed once and then take their seed. That's not fair to the seventh seed. The seventh seed is the gets the messed around the most out of this playoff format. Okay, like that is not fair. And hopefully the NBA will review this thing in the offseason and take a look at like how this goes because that's not, that just makes it no incentive for the seventh seed. So if you're the Celtics, you got to keep winning. Okay, the Lakers game is important. Miami has been up and down. Okay, Miami, they're an interesting team. Like they're 15 and 13 at home, 13 and 13 on the road. Like, it doesn't matter where they play. They just they just basically average up and so up and down. Charlotte has got some real a lot of home games left. They 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 they've got more. They got a good stretch of home games left, but they're so injured. Hayward's out. Terry Rozier missed it the other night against the loss to the Lakers. Uh, so did PJ Washington. They are so banged up that you don't know what to expect from them. And then the Knicks are playing well. The Knicks are coming at you. So the Celtics have to keep winning. They're only one game ahead of the Knicks for the eighth seed. Okay, so don't you can't get comfortable with the fifth seed. And then Atlanta is playing well. I mean, I was not a big fan of the firing of Lloyd Pierce. I think he's a good young coach. But there was something obviously going on because the Hawks have played tremendous ball since Nate McMillan took over. And I have a great deal of respect for Nate McMillan as coach. He is a great coach. He's not had a lot of great situations. You know, he's not, you know, he's coaching some small markets that don't sign free agents, the Portlands, the Indianas. You would wonder how he would do, and then obviously before then Seattle, um, if you remember, if you don't remember, look up Seattle did have an NBA team at one time. But if you're looking at Nate's record, he's 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 not had a lot of advantages. And he goes with this Atlanta team, puts them together, puts some pieces together, and has those guys playing well. They're, they're five games over 500 now, okay? And they've got a bunch of home games left. Atlanta has played the most road games of any team in the NBA. They played 31 road games. They've only played 24 at home, so Atlanta's going to get some home cooking down the stretch. So if you're the Celtics, you just got to win. Like the song, win, 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 win. You got to win. The Lakers game is critical. And then you come back and you got a Warriors team that's hungry trying to fight for a playoff spot with Steph. Any team with Steph is dangerous. Steph, Draymond, those guys play hard. Okay? It's a Saturday night game on national TV. So the Celtics, to me, are playing as best their best ball of the season, which is which is uh, if you're a Celtic fan, a very good thing that they're picking this time to pick it up. But they're still only three games above 500, and they still have to win some of these key games. You know, let's look at let's look at this schedule, right? Because the schedule is. Uh, is tricky. 
as we've talked about before. They come home to Golden State, then they got the Bulls with Zach Levine and, and Lucevic and those guys, then Phoenix, then at Brooklyn, at Charlotte. I mean, that's a tough stretch, okay? Charlotte is going to be a tough game. I mean, they're going to want to, you know, they're going to want to beat, they're going to want to beat the Celtics. The Celtics beat them pretty, beat them by 30 the last meeting, okay, at Brooklyn. That's, uh, you know, Durant, you would think Harden might be back by then. They could, they could have their big three ready to go. And then and Kimba Walker would not be playing in that game because it's a second of a back-to-back. Phoenix, a very tough team. And we talked about Chicago. That's a tough stretch. And then you get Oklahoma City, Charlotte again, San Antonio at home. The Blazers come in. And at Orlando, at Chicago, two against Miami. That could be for a playoff seeding. At Cleveland, where the Celtics lost last time. At Minnesota, you never know what to expect from the Wolves. The Wolves gave the Celtics hell and took them to overtime the last time. And then at the end of the season at the Knicks. And the Knicks could be fighting for like to avoid 10 or for a seeding too. So, I mean, if you look at the schedule, Cleveland, Minnesota, Orlando, Oklahoma City, are really the only games you're like, the Celtics should very much easily win that game. Four out of, uh, out of the uh, 17 games they have left, four are games that you will say that they should easily win. At Orlando, Oklahoma City, at Cleveland, and not, hey, <laughs> Cleveland might not be playing for much then, but they still play hard, than at Minnesota. The rest... Tough game. Chicago, tough game. At Charlotte, two games against Charlotte. Portland comes back. They're going to have um, upset. You know, they're going to want to come back and get some revenge. You know, back to Chicago. Then two against Miami at home. Okay, a Sunday afternoon and a Tuesday. The Heat play. The Heat are going to come ready to play. And then Cleveland, Minnesota, New York. So, the Celtics have the work cut out for them, folks. I mean, if you're a Celtics fan, it's good to see this team play to its nearing its potential, but there's so much left that left they have that left to accomplish. And you hope, I mean, because you you want to see everybody healthy. And Evan Fournier has just not had good luck since he's been in Boston. Um, he misses a game because of a, what was apparently. Um, a false uh, positive COVID test. And then a couple they think he's a testing positive for real. We don't know when he'll be back, but he adds another element to this team and they need him. They're going to need him in this stretch. So I don't know, you know, when we go, come back in a minutes restriction, uh, how long it will take him to get in shape, how he'll feel. But if you're the Celtics, um, you got to think like they they need him. And uh, you don't want to rush a guy back from COVID or anything like that. Hopefully he's healthy, you know, because as we learn, as we've learned with COVID, it's very obviously, I mean, a killing virus. I mean, God bless all the, the more than 500,000 people who have passed away from it. But for professional athletes, it's not something you just shake off. Like Jason Tatum says he takes an inhaler 
before each game to get to get, get his breath and get his lungs expanded since he got it. He is not, it is not something you just shake off. For most people, it's not something you shake off. So if you're the Celtics, you gotta keep this momentum up. You wanna stay healthy. You want Kimba engaged. This is, this is a seven-game stretch, the middle of a seven-game stretch where you have all Kimba because the Celtics don't have any back-to-backs. So they have to continue this momentum. And it wouldn't be a complete failed road trip if you lose the Laker game. But you do want to finish this trip. You have taken the two toughest games of the of the trip. Okay? The two toughest games of the trip. You win at Denver, snapping their eight-game winning streak. Then you get a key win at Portland. So you got to come with that same focus against the Lakers and then back at home against the Warriors, Bulls, and Suns. So it's a lot um, going on with the Celtics. But it's good to see them start to play their potential. Tatum is playing like a like the all-star that he is. Uh, Jalen Brown is giving his you know, best, his 100%, uh, doing good things on the floor. Marcus Smart, you know, let's talk about Marcus for a minute. Just some great plays. The steal and the behind-the-back pass against Portland. The defense against Dane. Even missing the free throw. And doing a good job. So Dane, because that was a very strategic move there. Because the Celtics are up one with 3.5 seconds left and Smart goes to the line. Smart is not a great free throw shooter. He's a decent free throw shooter. So chances are he could have missed one. And he missed the first. So Portland, which I thought was a mistake. When you're, when you're down, you never want to use all your timeouts. Because you want that one timeout if you're one possession down to advance the ball and have a chance to tie it or, or win it. Terry Stotts used all of his timeouts. Portland didn't have any timeouts left. Okay. Um, he used a timeout uh, with... The last timeout with the Blazers down four after Tatum's, you know, it, it drew up a play. Norman Powell in a long, hit a 31-foot three, you know, but he also used a timeout with 40.4 left when Tatum put the um, Celtics up one with a couple of free throws. So I would say timeout mismanagement. You used two timeouts in the final minute. You... Um, you're out of timeouts and then Marcus misses the first and intentionally misses the second. So with 3.5 left and no timeouts, as Brad Stevens said correctly, Portland is not going to be able to rebound and get the ball down the floor for a two-pointer. So they're going to take a three. So if you miss it, they got to rebound the ball dribble, and maybe take a 70-foot baseball heave. That's exactly what happened. The ball went to the left of the rim. Lillard chased it down and was only forced 
because he couldn't dribble. He didn't have time to dribble and aim. He just had to throw it game over. But I thought it was smart for smart for smart. No pun intended. For him, smart to miss the free throw. He has played sound basketball. And I don't want to say he's had a tough season, obviously missing a month with the calf strain. Um, and there's been some times he's kind of phased out the New Orleans game where he threw the half-court shot after the jump ball, then he got ejected. That was a tough game for him. And there's times emotionally where he's going to just go a little bit over the edge. But he has maintained his confidence. He's been steady. And this is the Marcus they need, nine shots. They don't need Marcus taking 15, 16 shots. Now, if there's a night that he has it, if there's a night that the three is really, really going down, and, hey, that's a different story. But if I'm the Celtics, this is the type of Marcus Smart I want to see. And I think that they are coming together as a team. They're feeling better about themselves. And remember, they still don't have Evan Fournier. And I think he's going to bring another shot-making element to them that they can really, really use. And some of the other, I mean, Robert Williams has played tremendous ball, I think. You know, what a transition he's made. Um, we could talk about him for a minute. Just a guy who I think a lot of people thought he would be, you know, because of the time lord and being late. And let's be honest, I mean, who isn't late to something when they're 19 and 20, when they're in college? Uh, I thought... I thought people were hard on him a little too much about some things that he did early. He's been a model citizen. He's never been in any trouble. He's just he's he's been on time. He's learned. He's gotten a lot lot better, right? A lot better, and just it can really help the team. He scores around the rim. He gives the Celtics for the first time since they had Garnett just a real at the rim option. You throw the ball up, he's gonna dunk it on you. Okay. Or he's gonna, and he's got enough touch to hit the little short jumper. He is, I mean, he's a guy that if I'm Danny Ainge, I signed him to the extension this summer. You're gonna save money doing it. You do not want him to hit free agency or restricted free agency. Just give him his money. And I know it's gonna put you in the luxury tax. The Sun's gotta figure out some finances. But if you sign Robert Williams to, let's say, a, a four year, $48 million deal, uh, you know, and who knows? It could be his people might ask for 60, right? But uh, if you sign him to something like that in the mid-teens, I think you're saving a good amount of money and you're setting up your big man position for many years. So I think overall as a team, they've played well. This has been a good stretch. Uh, a tough win against New York. I mean, I thought that that's a game they would have lost a month ago, but they came back. They played some D. New York played very good. R.J. Barrett was tremendous in that game, but they grinded that game out. They came back from a deficit. The same with Minnesota. They looked terrible the first half. They were trailing by 19, and then suddenly made a rally, got some defensive stops, Tatum took over. And sometimes you got to win games like that. Every game ain't going to be pretty. You're not going to win, beat every bad team by 20 points. And, you know, but there's got to be times that you make it easy on yourself. And the Celtics have to start making things easy on themselves. But if you're a Celtics fan, you take this. 
They're playing. They're trending up. They're improved. They're fifth seed. They're fifth seed in the Eastern Conference, and they got a lot more improvement to make in the last 16, 17, 15, 16, 17 games. So that's it, folks. We will talk to you next week uh, where we have a lot more results to talk about. Hopefully, we'll get a healthy Evan Fournier to come back for the, for the Celtics because we want to see every player uh, healthy and we don't want anyone having COVID. So let's uh, wish good health to Evan Fournier. Uh, you guys stay safe out there. Be careful. Mask up. Um, and have a great sports week. Obviously, baseball season with, with uh, the Sox and other ba- your favorite baseball team. The WNBA draft is coming up. Uh, which, t- which, which player is your team going to pick? Always follow that. Um, golf season. We just finished the Masters. So a lot of good stuff going on. And obviously the, the, the tail end when the games mean something, really mean something for basketball for the NBA. So we'll talk to you next week. Thank you and God bless you.